Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dexter's message comes from the Gospel of John and the New Testament reading of Acts, as you heard a few moments ago. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, imagine that you are back living in this time as one of Jesus' disciples. He has already appeared to you two times. The first time is on the day of the resurrection, Easter Sunday. He appears to you. He shows you his hands and his side. And, well, you know, Thomas isn't there. And then the next time Jesus appears is the following Sunday. And Thomas is there. And he shows Thomas his hands and his side. If you were there, would you say that your life has been forever changed because You've seen the resurrected Christ, not once, but twice now? I mean, since after all, at this point, he has breathed on you. He has given you the Holy Spirit. He has sent you to go, to go and forgive sins or to withhold forgiveness. Is your life now forever changed? I think you can all probably agree that the answer is yes. And if your life has been forever changed, why would you go back to doing something that you hadn't done in three years? Even more so, something that you had three years ago just gotten up and walked away from. Because that's what we see in the gospel reading for today. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, James, and John, those are the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together, just, you know, hanging out as disciples. And Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said, we'll go with you. They went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Here's Peter with six other disciples, and they go fishing. Now let's just focus our attention on Peter, since we know he's going to come up later. Even though Peter had seen Jesus twice now, he goes back to the Sea of Galilee, the same place that Jesus had called him from, where Jesus had said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Yet here is Peter, not fishing for people, but fishing for fish. I thought his life was forever changed along with the rest of the disciples, but here they are. Three days later, maybe they're a little rusty because they catch nothing. Or maybe there's more to the story than that. Because Jesus appears on the shore. The disciples don't recognize him, probably because it's still a little dark out. And, you know, they're a bit out from where Jesus is. He asks them if they have any fish. They say, no. And then he says, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it out. And now they're able to haul it in. I mean, it's hard because it's a large quantity of fish. 153 of them to be exact. It was such a special, miraculous, if you will, catch of fish 
that they made sure to count it. Now, I don't think there's any significance to the number 153. It's just that that number was important enough to be written down. And then John says to Peter, It's the Lord. Peter heard that it was the Lord, and he threw himself into the sea. The miraculous catch of fish because of Jesus prompts Peter to just jump into the water with all of his clothes on. I mean, that certainly says something about how Peter was feeling in that moment since, I mean, I don't know if you've ever swam in the water with clothes on or tried to swim for very long. It's pretty hard. And it's possible that, you know, Peter is swimming back to the shore and the disciples who were in the boat, you know, beat him there. I don't know, maybe. But they all go to the shore. And there's a fire that's been started and there's fish and bread that are ready. And now Jesus is going to serve them. And he's going to host this meal. I mean, after all, he is responsible for this great catch of fish. He says to them, come and have breakfast. And he gives them bread and fish to eat. Now, I do like this part of the story where it mentions that none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. I mean, they had obviously seen him once or twice already. They didn't have to question who made them breakfast. But we're also going to come back to this when we talk about Paul shortly. And there's more to this story than this great catch of fish. Because remember, we have to focus on Peter. Peter, who has gone back to fishing for fish, not people. Now, we might question why he's doing what he's doing. And to help us answer it, let's go back to Easter Sunday. Let's go back to the empty tomb. The women had arrived. The stone had been rolled away, and they are greeted by an angel who said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And that's great news, because, Alleluia, Christ is risen! He is risen indeed. Alleluia. But for today, we want to look at that next sentence that the angel says. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Peter is specifically mentioned apart from the disciples. Almost as if he would be considered not a disciple at this moment. Now, why would that be? Well, the last time that he had heard Peter's name was right after he had denied Jesus three times. The rooster crowed. He realized that he had done what he said he wasn't going to do, and then he went out and wept bitterly. And from that moment until Easter Sunday, we don't hear about Peter. He is betrayed Jesus. And he did something he said he would never do, that he'd rather die than deny Christ. And that's exactly what he did three times. And maybe Peter is thinking about the words that Jesus had spoken right before he told Peter that he was going to deny him three times. Jesus had just finished washing his disciples' feet. And then he said this to them, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are are to love one another. 
By this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. After Peter denies Jesus, maybe he's saying to himself, I don't love Jesus because I denied him. I must not really be a disciple. And maybe that's why the angel says to the women to go and tell the disciples and Peter. Maybe that's why Peter has returned to fishing for fish because he no longer considers himself a disciple because he has betrayed the one who called him to be one. And maybe even Jesus appearing to him twice hasn't changed how he really feels about himself. And that's why Peter and Jesus need to have a chat. And that's what we see happen in the gospel reading. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. That's one time. Jesus says to him again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Not once, not twice, but three times. Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Now, we can't, and likely Peter can't, hear Jesus' question three times without thinking of his three times denial. Because if Peter had really loved Jesus, he wouldn't have denied him, right? And so this is Jesus restoring Peter as a disciple. Because in bringing up this question three times, he also follows it up with, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. No longer will Peter go fishing, but he will take care of Christ's people, the flock of the great shepherd. Christ, in his death and resurrection, has forgiven Peter. And he calls him again to come and follow him because he will now fish for people. And we can see that after this, Peter is changed, transformed. It took him three times seeing the resurrected Christ for it to make a difference. It took Jesus speaking directly to him and to his life and to his denial to make a difference. Because it's not Peter who changed his life. It's Christ who changed Peter's life. And we can see the same thing happen in the New Testament reading from Acts. This story isn't about a disciple's denial. This story is about one who persecuted the church of Christ. One who was not out loving the flock. Rather, one who was out arresting and killing the sheep of the great shepherd. And Saul is on his way to Damascus when suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Jesus meets Saul on the road to Damascus. Now, Remember, when Jesus appears to the disciples in the gospel reading, none of them dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. 
Now we have Saul on the road to Damascus in the presence of Christ, who he doesn't know, but who, is, but who he is persecuting. And so he does ask, who are you, Lord? He doesn't know this is the Lord like the disciples did, even though he uses the word Lord. Jesus still has to tell him who he is. Saul was persecuting Jesus' followers because he thought it was the right thing to do in order to please God, when in fact it was just the opposite. And so Jesus sets him straight. And that's because Jesus had big plans for Saul, as he was a chosen instrument to carry Christ's name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And it all began on the road to Damascus. Christ changed, transformed Saul's life. And then he is baptized and he is strengthened. And you can imagine that going from someone persecuting the followers of Christ to proclaiming death and his, Christ's death and his resurrection might raise some eyebrows. And those who saw this said, Is not this man the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? Saul's life is changed forever, and ultimately he himself will be persecuted, will be put to death for proclaiming the name of Christ. And that message is made pretty clear in 1 Timothy. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Here are two men with two unique stories. Peter the denier is changed by Christ. If you were on the outside, you might have looked at him and, and said this. Isn't that the one who denied Jesus three times? So too with Saul, who we also know as Paul. The persecutor of Christ is changed by Christ. And those on the outside said, isn't this the one who was coming to arrest his followers? Isn't he the one who wanted to destroy Christ's people? What about you? What would people say or question about you? How has your life been like Peter? How has your life been like Paul? Would people say, about you. Isn't this the one who denied Jesus? That denied Jesus because, well, they didn't want someone to not want to be friends with them, to be excluded because of what they believe? That they were scared of what people might think of them? That they didn't want to be different than everyone else, especially their friends and family? That they didn't want to be known as the weird Jesus freak? Isn't this them? Or maybe people would say, isn't this the one who hated Jesus? Who wanted nothing to do with religion and thought that Christians were just brainwashed fools? That the Bible was just man's way of oppressing people? That they would even debate Christians and try to make them look bad? Didn't they say that they knew better than Christians and wouldn't fall for any of their lies? Isn't that them? 
or maybe people would say about you. Isn't that the adulterer? Isn't that the liar? Isn't that the thief? Isn't that the cheat? Isn't that the addict? Isn't that the racist? The gossip? The one who's full of greed? The one who's full of pride? The one who hates everyone? The one who is holier than thou claiming to be perfect? The Christian only on Sunday? The Christmas Easter Christian? The one who has all of their priorities messed up? Isn't that you? Is it? Where do you fit? Where do you fit in all of this? Maybe you have denied and you have ended up like Peter, going back to what you know and leaving Christ behind. And what we know is sin. And we just end up doing sin over and over and over again. Maybe we feel like our past sins make us unworthy to serve God. Maybe we feel like our sins are unforgivable. The truth is, we're all Peters. We're all Sauls, Pauls. We are the worst of sinners because we are sinners. And what we deserve for our sins is punishment. It's death. It's condemnation. It's hell. We are not worthy. But Jesus is. And that's exactly why he came into this world. To save unworthy sinners. Even the worst of us. He did it because we are unworthy because we are the worst of sinners, because he wanted to save us, and he was the only one who could. And he did it willingly because he loves us. And we talk about Jesus not once, not twice, not even three times. But we need to hear the saving message of Jesus Christ every single day. Every day we need to hear that message. We need to hear of his death and resurrection for us over and over again every single Sunday because we all need to hear it because we are the worst of sinners like Peter and Paul. But we are also like them in that we have been changed, transformed by Christ. And we need to hear that every day as well. That we have been changed through his death and resurrection as he gives us the forgiveness of sins. As he wins salvation for us by taking death and hell for us. By dying in our place. We are changed by the word of God as faith comes from hearing that word. We are changed by baptism as the water and the word washes us clean, gives us the forgiveness of sins, rescues us from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe. The Holy Spirit is at work in baptism, is at work through the word. We are changed in the confession absolution as we receive Christ's forgiveness. 
We are changed in the Lord's Supper as we receive Christ's body and blood with the bread and the wine for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and for our salvation. These are the gifts that Christ has given to his church, to his people. This is how Jesus feeds his flock, now and for all time. Christ Jesus came to save sinners and change sinners into saints. Sinners like Peter. Sinners like Paul. Sinners like me. And sinners like you. And that is exactly what he did. He made saints of sinners. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.